0: Hello everyone, my name is Kate Hennessy, and today I will be discussing the life of Suzanne Belair and her amazing legacy on this podcast. I'm not a verified historian, in fact, I have not even graduated college yet, but I will do my best to educate us on her life and her role in the Haitian Revolution based on my research. So in the 1600s, France claimed territory on the island of Hispaniola and named its new colony Saint-Domingue. French colonists created plantations and homes on the island and then began bringing over people to be used as slaves from Africa. In the 1700s, the island was Europe's main source for tropical fruit. In the late 18th century, in Saint-Domingue, now called Haiti, there were vastly distinct social classes. We had the white people who were the colonizers. Approximately 25,000 of them resided there. We had the free colored people and then the slaves the slaves were approximately 500,000 people from Africa or of African descent. Similar to most other slave societies, the Haitian slaves were explosive and full of tension. The system was fragile and bound to collapse at some point. Knight says in his journal that, Without the outbreak of the French Revolution, it is unlikely that the system in Saint-Domingue would have broken down in (laughs) 1789. Also, he said, In the case of Saint-Domingue, as later in the cases in Cuba and Puerto Rico, abolition came from the economically weakened and politically isolated metropolis. Thus, the revolution began. Suzanne Belair lived from 1781 to 1802, and she played a major role in this revolution. She was an enslaved woman in Haiti for most of her life. As 18th century sugar plantation economies boomed, planters increasingly viewed enslaved women as a source of physical and reproductive labor to increase crop productivity and fertility rates demographic data reveals that women represented approximately 25 to 30% of the estimated 15 million Africans forcibly transported to the Caribbean via the transatlantic slave trade the women performed many laborious and burdensome tasks such as weeding planting And harvesting the sugar. They also worked in factories where many women lost their fingers feeding the sugar cane into the mill. Some of these women were nurses in hothouses or plantation hospitals. They worked in the coffee, cotton, livestock, and sugar industries and supplied food, especially to urban areas. Suzanne and her peers were the backbone of this community, and their labor was necessary for the success of the colonies. Their bodies were put to the physical test every day while doing this work and they were also subject to severe punishments such as whipping. This was not the only way that their bodies were abused. Enslavers sought to use fertility to advance economic production, and they did so forcibly through black women's reproduction. Reproductive justice is defined as the complete well-being of women and girls based on their human right to decide when and how to have or not to have children, and to parent existing children in safe and sustainable communities these rights were not extended to enslaved women at this time since the french code noir statute on enslaved on enslavement mandated that children belong to the owner of their mother much of these slave women were denied reproductive freedom and were subject to sexual exploitation forcibly breeding and then separating the mother and child during enslavement were foundational to the continued undermining and repression of black women's motherhood. The British colonizers that were in control incentivized reproduction because the children could then also be exploited to save re- slavery and unwaged labor at ages as low as four. These women were seen as objects to be used for their enslavers, leisure, and for their benefit. Relations between enslaved women and white men were seen as unequal power and domination in the form of everyday terrorism. These exploitive practices created negative stereotypes about black women's supposed hypersexuality, irresponsible reproduction, and poor parenting decisions to confuse and legitimize the reality of their structural position in past and present-day lived experiences. We still see these types of stereotypes today. And it all stems from the exploitation and ill treatment of slaves such as Suzanne Belair. Given the forms of control and exploitation and sexploitation, enslaved women resisted their enslavement. Everyday forms of non cooperation. I'm not sure why I got cut off, but I'm just going to continue and it included plans to slow down production. They would also take part in strikes. Women like Suzanne Belair, who were strong and competent, were on the front lines of these acts of rebellion. However, they were met with severe punishments for their behavior. Some common repercussions were death, decapitation, flogging, and imprisonment. Women played a strong and important role in the Haitian Revolution. The revolution would not have been possible if it weren't for the leaders, such as Suzanne Belair, Jean-Jacques dressed on lines i'm sorry if i said that incorrectly henry christophe and toussaint louverture louverture was a military leader and former slave who led the rebellion and took over many areas Belair served in louverture's army with her husband charles she was captured in 1802 and charles turned himself over to the captors in order to be with her talk about a hopeless romantic they both were condemned to death Because she was a woman, her captors insisted on a different mode of execution for her than Charles got. Suzanne Belair was to be decapitated, and Charles was to be executed by firing squad. However, Suzanne is a strong queen and refused to be blindfolded and die like that. They were then forced to execute her the same way as Charles. So they both died in 1802 by firing squad. The battle continued shortly after Belair's death. Saint-Domingue prospered under Louverture. However, former slaves who wanted to become independent peasants resented Louverture's use of forced labor to revamp the island. The French also resented the way he was acting like an independent ruler. Napoleon Bonaparte then came to power in France in 1799. In 1802, the year Belair died, he sent an army to Haiti to restore French rule. Louverture and others resisted and began a struggle to free the colony from French control. The French captured Lovature in 1802, the same year Belair died once again. Former slave and French army general Jean-Jacques Dessalines succeeded him as the leader of the rebel slaves. The rebels defeated the French army in 1803. Dessalines declared Saint-Domingue the independent country of what we now know as Haiti on January 1st, 1804 thus ending the Haitian Revolution. Suzanne Belair, among others, were very important figures in the Haitian Revolution. We examined how her life would have been as a black woman slave at this time period, and we saw how she was said to have contributed to the revolution. In 2004, she appeared on the Haitian currency because of how much of an icon she is and all that she did for Haiti. I really enjoyed discussing and sharing my knowledge of Suzanne Belair with you all. Thank you for listening.